0: You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Good morning, everyone. Did y'all have fun in the snow? Did you now? Four wheeling? No ice cream? Anybody? No? Well, I had everything. Brownies. You know, I stocked up, man. I was in. You know, I was ready to go. But I had a lot of fun, but I'm glad we're here. It feels like it's forever trying to get things going this year with the Christmas and the holidays and everything, now the snow. So we did launch our campus today. Thank you for joining us online. We did launch our campus in Greenville this morning, so I hadn't heard a whole lot about that yet, but it will be fun. I think I would try to do, I try to, like, let's kind of get back on, you know, this little do-over, I guess you might say, as we walk into this. Because it seems like we got started, and then we just kind of like can't get started. And I don't know how you're doing with your your stuff. And I was trying to figure out how to help you have basically better decisions and fewer regrets uh, coming up. And try to just do some things that you want to do that make sense because we're not really set up for good decisions. We're not really born with that. We just, uh, we have to be taught. We have to learn all those things. And so, it kind of happens that way. And I have all these ideas. I don't know if you do. Every year, I'll get an idea. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. That kind of thing. And uh, so, it didn't start out so well with me. Okay, just letting you know. So, uh, Christmas Eve, I'm in the hospital with COVID, you know. So, and I missed the candlelight service, which y'all did too. It was online. It was just It's like one thing, bang, 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 happens, and my brother gets COVID, and then my daughter gets COVID, my dog gets COVID. I don't know. I made that up. I made that part up. So I was like, okay, okay. So, and then I know this is sad for all of us. Uh, My dad went to heaven on uh, January 7th. So we had all this going on in the middle of everything, and we're trying to figure out, okay, now what, you know, we're just going to, what do you do? Just hang on. You know, it's kind of like you're like, hang on. So we have these ideas and these plans and these thoughts, and then nothing goes right. And that's usually the way it works. Isn't it? it just doesn't go right. And so what we do now is we just, we just reboot. We'll just kind of do it again. Let's just see. That's the thing you have to do is when things aren't going well and you have plans, you say, this is what I want to do in my life, and something's going to knock you off, and you never get back to it. So, we talked about a story last week. We got some things. I'm going to have to bring all of you back into what in the world are we talking about? Because that's kind of what it is right now. What are we doing? Okay, so here's what we've been doing. There's five questions. Not going to give you all five. Of course, I learned my lesson with that. I can't handle five either. So, we got five questions we've been talking about. How to make better decisions and fewer regrets. We've been talking about that. So, we're bringing those five questions that you have to ask personally. It's not something that I'm talking about somebody else besides you. I'm actually talking to you. So we've got these things we're doing to bring you back into what is happening. And so I'm going to talk to you today about, well, I probably should just put the question up. This is a question that everybody in the world that I know of has been asking. And so we just go ahead and let you see it and then see what you think about it. So let's go where Let's just get right into it. Uh, why are people who've had too much to drink more inclined to make bad decisions? Oh, I was supposed to be funny, so that ain't funny to you? So that is something. So who am I? Or do you know where you are? This is good. Okay, maybe I'm talking to you. Okay, maybe that is happening. Do so you ever wonder why that happens? That why do people who drink too much make bad decisions? You ever thought about that? They said, well, it's because they drink too much. Well, well, there are other reasons too. Physically, there are other reasons that happen that cause some of that to take place. And so we're going to look at that. But there's sometimes, you know, we make decisions. We don't even have to have alcohol to make bad decisions. You ever notice that? I wasn't even drunk when I did that. How about that? So this, is the, <laughs> this is the other good drunk answer. You ready? You want to just go with it? This will all be fun. All right. It was a good thing I was drunk. Otherwise... I made, a, I made a really bad decision. I might have made a really bad decision if I wasn't drunk. I probably, you know, drunk people say that, right? People on alcohol. Uh, it is amazing that people on alcohol make bad decisions and you just say, why is that? Well, physically, you have to think about this. Uh, we have that prefrontal cortex we call the, the frontal lobe that's not developed yet, and that's where all our decision-making comes from. So what happens when you drink alcohol? Your decision-making process becomes numb, and you just don't know what you're doing. And, and then all of a sudden, it creates the alcohol creates a stimulant, that, which makes you think you can fly. And you get really loud. And you say things you shouldn't say. This happens all the time. And then you make decisions. You say stuff like this, I think I can do it. And, all right, and then you can do the redneck thing. Y'all watch this. Y'all seen that one? So it's amazing how this stuff works. But it's amazing how it messes with our frontal lobe. Now this is, oh, this is so good. You can like this. Our frontal lobe that has the decision-making process doesn't develop oh. in your oh. early 20s or late 20s. And for guys, it never develops. <laughs> is everybody good? Okay, I'm helping the women out, okay, right now. But we just never... We just never grow up. We're just big kids, okay? Just want to let you know that. you're the, If you're married, the wife is the most responsible person in the house, most likely. So we have this thing. Now, so look at this. So we have teenagers who are half-baked brains, okay? You got me? We're halfway, okay. So they're not really there. Now, the girls develop a little faster than the guys. Not a surprise. Not a surprise there. So now you do this. Now you take... Now, this is illegal, but if you think your kid hasn't drank any alcohol yet, just let's hang on a minute. Okay. So, teenagers who drink alcohol is illegal. Y'all want to go and get that out? That's illegal. And and I'm going to tell you why it's illegal in a minute. But if you take alcohol with a teenager with a half-baked brain and you put all that together, what do you get? Bad decision. (laughs) Of course you do. It's amazing how this works. So, I had teenagers ask me. This is so funny. Parents... Draw up a chair. Get in on this one. They said, why is the drinking age 21? And I said, because you don't have a brain. (laughs) Is that bad? That's the truth. That's why it's 21. I don't know if y'all know that. It's because the frontal lobe's not developed, and alcohol just, basically it just says, here's what it does for you. I have no conscience. (laughs) I have nothing telling me what is right. This bridge does not look that high. You know what I'm saying? So this is what happens to us. Now it is amazing you think that frontal lobe is just you know alcohol. This is what we call the conscience, by the way. This is where that little voice speaks to you and says, Don't do it. And you go, gonna do it, gonna do it. You just dismiss it. But you imagine not being drunk and being sober, like most of you are in here. Did I say most? Like all of you are. I'm watching online. We're all good here. We're all good uh i don't believe i can't believe i said that so imagine all of you in here sober and you're trying to make a, a decision imagine that, that voice speaks to you and says don't do it and you're just like i'm gonna do it anyway is it possible we could just blow right through the conscience and just say i'm not gonna do it i'll do what i want to do absolutely 100 percent if you were not making bad decisions you would not be in this room this is why i have a job is because you won't make good decisions you go screw something up. You'll come over here. What do I do? i try to tell you. And then what do you do? You go do it again. Why? Because frontal lobe. Frontal lobe. Somebody never gets there. So you have to think for a moment. So people are going to make bad decisions. And you have this guy named Ron White. You ever heard of him? Is it Tater? Okay, I'm not doing any clips from him. Just throwing it out. So don't get excited. Calm down out there. Not doing any clips. But he got he got drunk and arrested for public drunkenness, and he had a a monumental statement. (laughs) Well, that frontal lobe not being there, he said, I had the right to remain silent, but I did not have the ability to. So you make bad decisions with alcohol, and you make bad decisions without alcohol. But I suggest you not do the alcohol and try to make a decision you'll end up with a tattoo you don't want Or right you'll marry somebody and you're like what happened I'm just telling you this brain it, you need you need all all your faculties working if we're going to make some good decisions and we already have a problem with that so we're going to talk about that little voice today that little thing here's you this is I'm so glad we did not have iPhones back in the days when I was in college is everybody good with that I mean, have you ever done something like, like you've got your stories, right? <laughs> I can't, you don't have to tell. But there's things that you've done. You're like, how in the world? What was I thinking? You weren't. Well, I can't, I was drunk and did that. I know. You, lose, you just lose everything with this frontal lobe and you're not making good decisions. So you did what? This is after, this sounds like college. You sure it was me? And then there's a video. You know, there is a video, and so there you go. So we know that happens. So here we go. We're going to talk about that little, little voice we call the conscience that you don't want to deal with. That's what we're going to deal with today because we have to ask those questions. So first week was this. Remember, I'm trying to make you, help you make better decisions and fewer regrets. Is everybody with me? Because I don't want you having to be out there like, I wish I hadn't done that. Well, let's see if we can help that. Let's see if we can help make good decisions just for once and see what happens. We need to to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? It could be the right thing, by the way. I mean, it could be the right thing. You know, why am I buying a car? Why am I dating her? Why am I dating him? It could be exactly right. But you need to at least ask. Because we have a salesman in our head, do you understand? We have this salesman that sells us. It sells us on all the bad decisions we've ever made in our life. We thought they were good, but they were not. You don't really have to sell yourself on a good decision, but you have to sell yourself on a bad one, so you need to know what's happening. So you ask, you answer honestly, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, and then you decide which way you're going to go with it. Are you going to act out? You're going to date her. You're going to date him. Are you going to drop him or drop her? You're going to buy that or buy this? You're going to have that job. You just need to know what you're doing because you will be sold, and your salesman in your head, just like my salesman, is real good at selling me the things I shouldn't do, and we don't. It is not hard for us. So you have to ask that question. Uh, We are not the only people impacted by our decisions. I know you say, this is my life. I want to do what I want to do, and it doesn't, it doesn't concern anybody else. I'm so sorry it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it would be so nice, wouldn't it? sounds just like Jesus. I don't want to concern myself with anybody else. Well, that's beautiful, but your decisions are going to impact other people, and it could be impacting people for a long time. So you have to make sure you know what you're doing and what kind of decisions you want to make. So you have to think about that, Okay. So this is understand what you decide today or tomorrow is going to affect somebody else. Now, how is that going to look? I don't know. I have no idea. This is the verse I'm trying to get you to pay attention to. Because this is the saying that we're going to do long-term thinking and not short-term benefit. So the prudent is what it says. See danger and take refuge. But the simple, the naive, that's the salesman. Keep going and pay the price. So what we're trying to do, and this is, the reason you have a conscience, I'm going to make sure you understand, is because you don't have the ability most of the time to make good decisions. So God knew this was happening, so he decided to put in this little voice that says, this isn't right, this doesn't feel good, something's wrong. So it's in there. It's in you. If you're not trying to dismiss it or stay drunk, it's in there, and he's wanting you to pay attention to it. So he's saying for you, you need to make sure you think long-term and not short-term. That's the difference with the prudent and the people who are naive. I just want it now. i got to have it now. Everybody's moving so fast. So everybody's ha- got to have it now. i got to want it now. It's got to happen now. And that's not how the prudent think. That's not how they operate. So you have to pay attention as this walks through. So let's, let's look at some stuff. The integrity questions, first week. So let me get everybody's attention. We're going to go to the questions because we haven't been here in a while. So I'm going to let you know what they are. So the first one is the integrity question, uh, which is am I being honest with myself? Because you can lie to yourself. You can tell yourself anything and make yourself believe it. And we do it all the time. We've been there. I've done it. I've lied to myself and made bad decisions. I thought they were good. And the reality was, I was just telling myself a lie. So we're being honest with ourselves completely. You, You can probably, you can lie. People do it all the time on Facebook and everywhere else. Everything's wonderful. It happens. But when it comes to you, do you know who you are? This is why you have to make sure you know who you are so you can make good decisions you got to know who you are and what you're dealing with before you go buy this or see that or date that or her or him or whatever. you got to know those things. So ask it honestly. The legacy question is what story do I want to tell? Because you write the story every day, right? You're writing the story tomorrow. You're writing the story today. What do I want people to say? What do I want people to know? We're going to hit this story today. You'll be, oh, man, we got a story, another one. But this story this one guy named David, he did not want his story to go the way it was going to go. And I'll tell you about that. So you have to decide. You don't like your story, change it. You change it one decision at a time. That would be tomorrow. You change what you do tomorrow if you don't like your story and the way it's going. So you have to ask yourself, what am I leaving? And let's just go ahead and get to the good stuff. You want to just get to the good stuff? The conscious question. Is there tension that deserves my attention? Is there something right now you got to make a decision? Correct. Let's just throw it out there. Somewhere in this 2000, what is it? 22 now, or still we're there now, 22. So now we're going to have to make some kind of decision, and some, and it might be happening now. Whether it be a job, whether it be a marriage, whether it be a girlfriend, boyfriend, buy a car, buy a house, somewhere. So what you have to think about. I've got all my facts, I've talked to everybody, it all looks good, it sounds really good, but something in me says, wait a minute, that's that conscience, that's that button, it says pause, and the reason God puts the pause on it, just to make sure you understand what you're doing, do you have all the facts, we've got to cut through the fog, got to cut through the excitement, it feels so good, how could it be so wrong, that's a song, that's not in the scripture. So you have to be careful. If it feels so good, I could be so wrong. It can be real wrong. You just didn't know it. Why? Because I sold myself. This is the one. That's the one. I got to have the one. God wants me happy. I deserve it. All the, go ahead and talk yourself into everything. Just go right ahead. You need to know what you're doing. And if there's tension that's happening right now in your life, is there something there that deserves your attention? You need to be paying attention. I thought it was good. Everybody said it was. And then, you know, somebody's going to come along and spoil the party eventually. And then you're going to be mad about it. So you got to pay attention. We call this the red flag moment when everybody's having, (laughs) it's so right, isn't it? Everybody's confirmation bias. Everybody's telling me I'm supposed to do it. I'm supposed to marry her. I see her name on billboards even now. I see her names on street signs. This is, must be God. This is God. I've been stalking her for a year on Facebook. I know it's good. I know it's good. I've seen her TikToks. I've seen them. You know, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. So we have all this thing, all these things happening, and then you try to push through this. This is what I'm saying. You push through this voice, but there's a, something in there that says, hold on a minute. There's a little button. And God pushes in and says, you need to think about what you're doing. Sounds really good, It probably is good, May be good, but you need to make sure what you're doing. Get cut through the emotion, cut through the excitement. There's a red flag. Pay attention to the tension. I always try to do this, even when we started a marathon in Greenville. You have to cut through the excitement, cut through, oh, this gonna be great. Are people going to know Jesus Christ? Yes. How are we going to do it? Then you have to let it calm down. You have to talk to people. You have to let God work through, you know, what's the, what's the pause buttons? And when I got through the pause buttons and made everything, everything work, when I faced it, then we got to do it. But what you got to do is you got to face the tension. You have to walk in the room. Don't ignore it. Don't push it out. Don't try to drink it out. Just listen to what is, ha- what is happening and face it. It may be the best thing in the world for you, but at least face it and see what is happening. Pay attention to the tension. We all have a tendency to dodge the truth by discounting the truth teller. I would say this, you love this. This is what happened with teenagers and moms and dads. You know nothing. Isn't that right? They have it worked out. I love the teenage, I love it. I have a daughter, she's about to go to college. What do y'all tell me? I get a raise now, is that what happened? So I have to watch this, you know, because she has it all planned out, all worked out and everything. And our, we're the voice of reason, correct? The, you know, the bucket of wisdom coming out. Don't want to hear the bucket of wisdom she got this worked out, this is how it's going to work, where I'm going to go. Now, everything is absolutely wonderful except one thing, she's still at home. She has no idea. You see what happened? So you walk in and you spoil that party. And here's what you will do because you want it so bad, you've been thinking about it so long. Somebody walks in and you say, this is what I want to do, this is what's happening. And somebody say, well, have you thought of this? And it just kills you. And what do you know? You've never done this. You've never done there. How do you? You never had. You never started a company. What do you know? I'll tell you what I did before we started churches. I met with everybody that started one. I met with everyone. I went, you know, I went to Texas. Ed Young. I went with Rick Warren in California. Met with all these people that started church. I wanted to because I had to know what I was doing. You see, so what you need to do is somebody says to you, and it just well, if you thought of this, hit the button. Just hit it for a moment, check it out, don't get away from it, let it work. If something bothers you, then let it bother you. You want to do that? I got this great story, I'm going to tell you. But I need you to get this right here before I go to the story. Because this is the whole story. If it bothers you, let it bother you. He said, I don't like that. I don't like things bothering me. I don't either you can talk to God about it. He's going to put the pause button in. So we got this guy. He, this, this happened right here to him. Oh, but you're going to love this one. This guy's name is David. You remember King David, right? Well, let's go with David and Goliath because we're still there. He's still a boy, you know, a teenager. Imagine if you were a teenager, a prophet comes to your house and says, you're going to be the next king. What would you do? This is amazing, amazing news. The problem is we still have a king. His name is Saul. So we have all this happening, but this doesn't make sense. What's wrong? Well, Saul's not really a good king, so God's going to get rid of him. going to put David in. But it isn't going to happen as fast as David thinks, and it will never happen as fast as you think. It never will. So David now, here he is. He's going to be the next king. David, listen, David was a Navy SEAL in our day. Not only a Navy SEAL, but he was the guy who taught people how to do what he did. He knew how to fight. He knew how to do what he needed to do, and he trained men to do it. He'd already killed a lion. He killed a bear. And then he watches this huge guy, this 10-foot guy, make fun of Israel and God, and he wants to know, he's a teenager, what what are y'all going to do about it? And nobody's going to do anything about it. He says, I'll go take him out. He had that much confidence, I could... I know how to do this. He's too big to move. He's He's thinking out loud. I've watched this stuff on TV. I've watched documentaries of how they did this stuff. And they were fast. They knew how to move. They didn't need armor. They didn't need all the things you would think of. And you've seen the Romans and all the things they did. He didn't need all that. And Israel was great at fighting. You can read all the way through how many people. They knew how to do it. So he goes out and takes care, of David, takes care of Goliath. Goliath goes down. Watch this. Here we go. All of a sudden, David's a household name. He's a hero. There's videos on YouTube. There are TikToks everywhere, and social media is blowing up, and David is the new guy. Still, still a kid, though. Still a kid. Problem, he's going to be the next king. We still have a king. Guess what the king does? king says, I don't like that. Old, old man Saul says, I'm going to take care of David. There is a problem taking care of David because he's a Navy SEAL. It's going to be really hard to get to him. So he tried several times to get a hold of David, but he couldn't get a hold of David because David was just a little bit too fast. He had had, had some really good intel of what was going on. So David said, the best thing I can do, watch this, is get out. So he gets out of town, goes out in the desert. And you know what happened? This is an amazing thing. All these people started following him. All these people that were outcasts and nobody wanted these men, they followed David because why? That's the legend. And he's going to train us how to do what he does. And that's what he did. So he goes out in the desert. Really amazing story how this started unfolding. So he goes out in the desert. And Saul had an idea. This is so cool. Old man Saul said, I'll take care of him. He got 3,000 people together. An army of 3,000 in that day. It's Mega. We have a mega army going after David. Why? <laughs> because he was that good. Do you understand who we're dealing with? We couldn't get him, and now we're going to find him. So David goes out. He's out. And all these men are hiding in caves everywhere. So he they told his men, stay in the caves, and when everybody's done, we'll come back out. we will reconvene somewhere, and we'll figure out what we're going to do. So all these men's in a cave. David's standing in the mouth of a cave. Imagine this. He's looking out, and he sees all these men coming by. I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to believe. And this happened. You know what happened? Saul had to go to the bathroom. And so Saul, since he's king, he decided all of y'all are going to have to wait. So Saul decides he's got to go to the bathroom, and he sees a cave. So he gets off his mule, and he starts walking over towards the cave, David is standing in the mouth of the cave. They can't, he can't see because of the sun. Saul can't see what's going on. And David says, uh-oh, he's coming over here. So David and his men backed up. Backed up, got in the back of the cave. Saul comes walking into the cave. He cannot see because of the miniature sun. He's so blinded. He walks in. He takes off his coat and he lays it over here. He turns around and faces out, and he begins to do his business. And David and him are in the back of the cave. Listen to this. We have a Navy SEAL with his men in the back of the cave. We have the king of Israel sitting there. And David's looking at this, and he's thinking, I have an opportunity. His men begin to whisper, this is so good. He said, this is it. This is what he said. This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. I this is it. This David, there he is. If you kill him, we can quit running. We don't have to run anymore. We don't have to hide. You just just go kill him. So David's thinking that. I mean, does this not look like it's perfect? We have the scripture. We have God. We have the men. We have the opportunity. Everything is in place. There is the king. This would be so much easier to take him out. Then it would have to go through all the things they're going to have to fight. There's a lot of bloodshed. David's thinking in his mind, we could just really end this right now. God's already made me king. I can take him out. So David moved. He started moving toward him. And then me was going to do it. Let tell you are going to watch this. This is how, they, this is how he was going to do it. He was going to grab his head, hair of his head. He was going to jerk him back and cut his throat right there. It was over. He had his dagger out. He was gone. He was ready. He was getting ready to do it. He was getting up there. Listen to this. Something triggered in his head. I want you all to listen very carefully. It sounds really good, but something triggered in his head. They said, don't do this. This isn't right. Don't do this. This isn't right. So he got really close. Saul has no idea how close he is. So David decided, instead of killing Saul, I'm going to go over and he grabbed his robe and he cut off the corner of it and he took it back in the cave. He got back in the cave and the men said, what are you doing? This is it. The scripture says, then David crept up unnoticed and cut off a corner of Saul's robe and did not cut his throat. David says, we can't do this. This isn't right. And they're trying... what do you mean it's not right? This is what we've been waiting for. It's amazing what we've been waiting for. We could kill the king and become king. That's what we want to do. Don't you see how right this is, people? Don't you, see? Don't you see? They're telling him, it's right. This is what we should do. Because just, this is what God said was going to happen. You're going to be king anyway. He's right there. Let's take care of him. David said, no, something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> Couldn't figure it out. So David thought, and this is what the men were thinking. He so said, we're, we're going to predict the future, right? We're going to figure out what to do here. If we do this, this is what's going to happen. This is, we, this is why we push through the conscience, because we believe that we know what's going to happen. And this is what was happening here. The men were telling him, you've got to be crazy. He said, what are you doing? And they were trying to, so let me do it. They said, I can do it. I know how to do it. You taught me how to do it. I can do it. They were ready to go. Because he had this idea that things are going to work out. Things are going to be good. That I'll become king, be less bloodshed, everything's going to work out. But you know what? David has no idea that's going to work out. He doesn't know how those men are going to respond. You don't know either. This is why you you have that little button in your head that says, wait a minute. That's what it does. It's, hold on. Hold on. Something's not right. So he got over there, and his men were trying to tell him that they would do it. He said, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed. God hadn't told me to kill him. And you know what the man said? <laughs> not my anointed. <laughs> not my anointed. David said, you can't. no. See, I'm giving you an order right now. We're not going to touch him. And you would think, oh, this is a great story. This, but there's, there's something else. David said, I'm not going to do it. So David, Saul gets through, puts his robe on, walks back out. It's an amazing story. So he walks back out, gets on his donkey, and then David walks to the front of the cave. Y'all listen up. You're going to love this. Lean in. He gets into the front of the cave. He starts hollering, (laughs) Saul. Starts hollering the name, Saul, Saul. And everybody stopped, and 3,000 people looked at him. The very guy that they're looking for is standing right there. The very cave that Saul was in, there he is. And then David does this. He holds up the garment that he cut, the piece off the edge. and He started waving it at him. (laughs) He started waving. And then Saul reached over and grabbed his robe and pulled it over, and he went, ah, that's my robe. And then David knelt down. He went down to the ground. I can't get to the ground, so you'll bear with me. He went down to the ground, and then he got back up. Listen to this. This is so cool. Then he said this. I mean, he had a speech. He had already had a speech going on, you know. I can only imagine the speech, you know. David, you know, they worried about David killing people, and David spared lives, and here we go. And he says, may the Lord judge between you and me. You and me. You and me. That's what he kept saying. He said, and may the Lord avenge the wrongs you have done to me, but my hand will not touch you. Do you know why? Because I am the better man. I will not touch God's anointed. I will not. And you know what? Do you know what Saul did? He got on his donkey and he led his men back to town. You want to hear the ending? Oh, I'm not even done. I got, oh, this is so cool. So you remember, you know, if you go back to the story, you remember that Everything was good, right? Like this, God said you could take care of your enemies, and everything is working. And here is your enemy; just cut his head off, and everything's wonderful. But God this isn't what God said for him to do. You remember all that? Seven chapters later, they're having another fight with the Philistines. It's cool, cool battle. They always had fights. Somebody's gonna die. A random archer, listen to this: a random archer shot his arrow, flew over the wall. And landed in between the seams of Saul's armor and mortally wounded him. Saul said, I will not let a Philistine take my life. He pulled out his sword and killed himself. And David had to do nothing. So he paid attention to the tension. And that's what I'm asking you to do, is to pay attention to the tension. That's what we're talking about. Is there something that you need to pay attention to? Because I know you think you know what's going to happen. I know you think you got the idea of the right thing to do. I'm just telling you there's a pause button in your brain that God gave you to pay attention to. And we need to pay attention. So y'all stand with me. You know, when I do these messages like this, I have no idea who I'm talking to. You know, like I'm telling you to pay attention to the tension. And some of you say you were talking to me. That's, I don't know that it's you that God does. So you got something you need to. Here's what I would say for all of you. I don't care if every decision has been made. You know what's the right thing to do. Just look at it just one more time. If you have anything and you feel that pause, just look at it one more time because I'm trying to make you, help you make better decisions and fewer regrets. And that's what I'm trying to do. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you for the opportunity just to be here and, uh, and just see how people do, how, how the people in the Bible paused and how you worked it out. So I pray, Father, for everyone that's listening, everyone online, everywhere. If they're having attention that they need to pay attention to, I pray, Father, they'll hit that button. So we thank you for all you have done. I want to thank you for what's happening in Greenville and all the people that showed up today. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church podcast.